Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio here on 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared taking care of us behind the glass. And boy, oh boy, the National Predators just keep on trucking along and getting dubs. And the, the guys that you see participating and doing so well and contributing on this team continue to contribute. Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, Tanner Janot, just to name a few, Yusuf Saros, who is named second star uh, of the month for January. Just uh, the accolades are starting to roll in more and more, it seems, for this team as mm-hmm. the season progresses. Over halfway through the season now, we know what this team is made out of. We, we know they're extremely competitive. They are a good team. Not Obviously not putting them at Stanley Cup contender yet, per se, but anything can happen in the playoffs. They could certainly surprise teams. They're difficult to play against. And I don't think any team would want to face the National Predators in a best of seven series with how difficult they are to play against their physical, they get uh, depth goals. They're able to have next man up all these things. I'm just railing on Glenn, but they get another mm-hmm. win over the Vancouver Canucks, which is, is a good win for them to have, especially the talented young team in the Vancouver Canucks, but obviously going through some change as an organization, but just it's days off and going into the all-star break now as well, too, just as the team continues to roll on these wins, what is, what are they proving to you now that, that maybe you haven't even been able to express before? <laughs> well, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. This is no longer, Oh, this team is on a hot streak. This team is actually a well-built team. They're a well-disciplined team. Um, and they're finally showing everyone that this is not just a few weeks streaks of, of doing great. And then kind of bouncing back and being a, team that's flying under the radar I mean this team is a legitimate like you said we don't want to overstate and make it sound like that we're claiming this team's going to win the Stanley Cup no (laughs) doubt we're just saying that given the way that this team is structured and how they are playing they have a very good chance to make an actual run this year it's no longer just oh yeah look at them look at them they're doing great right now but let's wait and see now we've waited and we've seen and this team is solid. Yeah, I mean, they have points in five straight. Again, another kind of streak. I mean, they had a shootout loss to Edmonton. So mm-hmm. winners of four or five, but still that's points in five straight games, including wins over Winnipeg, Detroit, Seattle, that overtime loss to Edmonton. And then you have the win over Vancouver. So not necessarily the most difficult competition, but points are points. And especially now you have all these breaks in between games because they last played before the game against Edmonton. They played Thursday. So a good four-day break there, and now going on the all-star break, all but two players are going to have about a week off uh, to, mm-hmm. you know, just re- continue to recoup. You guys have had injuries. I mean, Dante Fabro coming off an injury and being able to play, but then just in terms of COVID protocol, few, very few players there left on that now, but they'll be able to get some practice time and, and mental recovery time. I know John Hines talked about it uh, before the game, after morning skate, that look at the schedule looking ahead, they're actually going to be able to have some days off and practice days, and with a condensed schedule the way it's been, this team is not. Most teams don't get that luxury to have even practice time because you don't want to push them too hard, any team too hard to where they're exhausted on game day. But now with all these big breaks where they're going to have few five days off or two days off between games, where they actually be able to practice and have a day off, that's huge going forward for this team, especially because they played some of the most games in the mm-hmm. league. And other teams are going to have to play some catch-up, but the schedule ahead is very condensed. So just take the month of February to kind of evaluate and take mental health breaks and physical breaks as well is going to be be great for this team overall going forward. Yeah, I think that that's all that a player could ask for after a very condensed schedule is to have those moments, like you said, Justin, not just 
from a physical aspect, but from a mental aspect as well. Um, we talk about often how important that is to keep that front of mind. And I think that this team has a great opportunity to be able to take those breaks. As long as you use them in the proper way, which I think that this team will, they can definitely benefit you um, when you get back rolling again. So definitely, definitely well, well earned after all this hard work they've been putting in. Right, Justin? Uh, no kidding. <laughs> and, and speaking of hard work. Let's talk about goaltender Yusuf Saros. Let's I, talk about him. <laughs> I mean, he, he in the win over Vancouver, win number 100 in his career, mm-hmm. which is huge right there. And then mm-hmm. named second star of the month of January, which is a great recognition from the league. It just shows how well he's been playing. In the month of January, Yusuf Saros was 8 2 and 2, a 2 4 9 goals against average, and a 9 3 4 save percentage especially in today's NHL where scoring is just slightly up. That's mm-hmm. pretty darn good and impressive with what he's been able to do. And it just continues to creep forward more of talk to where he should be, at least in the consideration. Again, it is really difficult to pin any, any award right now, but in consideration mm-hmm. for the Vezina, just like Yossi should be in consideration for the Norris and Tanner Cheneau should be in consideration for the Calder and, mm-hmm. and John Hine should be in consideration for the Jack Adams, <laughs> <laughs> but you have so many players right now. And this is what happens when teams are competitive and they're good is that they start to just rise above everyone else in the league and get recognized for their efforts. And Saros is absolutely doing that. We've seen plenty of him now to, to see the sample size that we were, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. were unsure last season. He, he killed it and dragged, dragged the team, kick it and scream yep. to the playoffs. And <laughs> this year he's continuing on and showing that he does belong. He is a really good goaltender and he deserves to be the starter, obviously because he is, but he has earned that starter's role. He learned from one of the best and he is proving yep. that right now with his performance, especially being recognized by the league. Yep. And you don't stand much of a chance during whether it's a regular season game or throughout the playoffs, if you don't have solid goaltending, I mean, you can have depth, off the charts, but if you're missing that key piece and it's not consistent, you're likely not going to get very far. But Saros has shown us this season time and time again, like you said, he is a legitimate number one goaltender in this league. I mean, he gives this team an absolute shot to make a deep run, but the caveat to that is that this team cannot get too comfortable and start depending on him. I don't think that this scenario is going to be as likely as it has been in the past, but it is something that they have to ensure does not happen if they want to make that push. They can't wear him down. They can't force him to carry games on his back, which, like I said, I don't think that's going to be the scenario with this with this disciplined team. But they just have to continue each player playing their own game so that he can continue playing his. Yeah, 100 percent. Absolutely right. And so let's move on to another player that is absolutely killing it right now. <laughs> Philip Forsberg, two goals in that win or Vancouver. And just first of all, the, the goal, the tip-in goal he had from Myers. I, my, Philip Myers has not played much this season. And he mm-hmm. came in today for Matt Benning. Or sorry, last night for Matt Benning. And just the, the poise and the stance and the release that Myers had on the shot that Forsberg tipped in, it was a one-timer as he was basically skating and drifting backwards. That takes a lot of that takes a lot of timing because you're skating, you're, you're, you're drifting backwards in one direction. You're accepting the pass and firing off a one-timer. Yeah. The elite, all, all players can do that. Right. Every, every hockey player that's, that's in a, that's a pro level can do that. 
But when you look at it in slow motion, you appreciate the timing that it takes. And the timing that had to happen for that goal to happen was Myers has to accept the pass as a one-timer slapper from the blue line. And while he's doing so, Philip Forsberg is positioning himself in the line of fire, getting his stick angle, his blade of the stick angled properly Mm -hmm. to where the puck is barely a few inches off the ice to where he's able to tip it in for it to go top corner. Now we see plenty of tip-ins don't go in. I mean, it just happens all across because you're trying to get the right angle, but for all those right things to happen so quickly shows the talent of the NHL, right? I mean, just right there, that is the talent of the NHL mm-hmm. and the talent of Philip Forsberg as well. That's just what blows my mind and bogs my mind so much of the skill that is required to play in the National Hockey League. Glenn. And the effort, the ease <laughs> that he often makes it look as though it doesn't require any effort is truly fascinating i right. mean this is why this is why it's february right right i mean <laughs> we gotta recognize him on february 1st because we can talk about that again because he did not like that last season oh boy oh boy <laughs> but philip forsberg he's now career at 202 goals and i know this has been mm-hmm. talked about a little bit but mm-hmm. it is time to start really bringing it up philip forsberg is only eight goals away from tying David Leguan for the franchise record in goals at 210. Now mm-hmm. it shows how young the franchise is still. And it also shows yep. how, how this franchise is really hurt for a big time goal scorer. Yeah. When the, <laughs> the franchise record is at 210, that's nothing against Nashville. It's just the time that they've been a blue collar yep. team. It's been defense and goaltending first, totally understandable, mm-hmm. but it just shows two in Forsberg's age. That he could, if he stays with the Predators, which, I mean, everybody hopes so, right? How much he could surpass this goal. I mean, pass the record. I mean, he could create this new record and surpass it by well over 100 mm-hmm. or even 200, potentially. Yeah, there's a potential there to, to set a new franchise record. But not just that. He could do this at one of two very historic games coming up for the National Predators, one being the Pecorini retirement ceremony or an even bigger atmosphere, the stadium series game at Nissan stadium, because those games are six and seven games away respectively. So he has eight games, sorry, six or seven games to score eight goals. And I mean, look at his, look at his track record. (laughs) Doable. He's definitely well on pace to do that. And I mean, I mean, Justin, can you imagine, I, I imagine just, both clearly would be it's going to be exciting regardless Mm -hmm. but the stage in which that would get recognized at the stadium series it's just and the whole experience there I can't even imagine right I kind of want it to go I kind of want it to go down at the outdoor game (laughs) I'd love for it to I'd love for it to and here's the thing Forsberg he is on a hot streak right now because he has scored a goal in four straight games that's five goals in four games He's turning mm-hmm. it up at the right time heading into the stadium series game. And it is v- very realistically possible that that moment could happen. And I can only imagine in front of 60,000 plus hockey fans to set a new uh, franchise yeah. record uh, in goals yep. and to set a record like that. So that could be absolutely and, exciting for that to happen in yep. front of everybody. And not even just, I mean, for the fans is also, but for him, it just, oh, yeah. it's great for everybody involved. I'm really, I'm really pulling for that. I mean, it's Absolutely. totally fine if he breaks it before then and he goes wild. Sure, tonight, sure, but <laughs> sure. We'll take it either way, but 
but make it the stadium series game please phil yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well we have do have a great show the rest of the night coming up we have uh, John Greenberg, who's the president of the Milwaukee Admirals. And then after that, Jeremy K. Gover. You've heard him before on these airwaves of the Associated Press, informally the Natural Predators uh, game radio network. And yeah, let's talk all that up next. Penalty, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, the game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025, the game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared taking care of us behind the glass. And really excited to have on our next guest talking Milwaukee Admirals. We have John Greenberg joining us uh, all the way from Milwaukee. John, welcome to the show. Thanks. First time. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, been looking forward to it all, all day long since you mentioned it to me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's been, uh, uh, you know, an opportunity for me to kind of get my thoughts around all the things we have going on. And obviously, some some news for us late in the day with uh, Anthony Richard, uh, right? Which uh, for all of us here uh, in our office, a sad day uh, for us. He was uh, a fan favorite and uh, a favorite of everybody here, and uh, we really wish him well as he heads over to the Tampa Bay organization. I think uh, he'll, he'll get a breath of fresh air and hopefully be a chance for him to do well as he moves on. Uh, and for those that don't know, John is the president. Of the Milwaukee Admirals Hockey Club. Uh, so similar to what Sean Henry would be with the National Predators, a very interactive as well, very very much a, a great face for the organization too up in Milwaukee with the great things going on there. And John, since you started with that, let's go ahead and cover that as well with Anthony Richard. I mean, he's he's been in the system for a long time. He's contributed so much to the Milwaukee Admirals organization as well too. Uh, and obviously, like you said, a fresh start for him. What stands out to you in terms of Anthony Richard and his time there? Because obviously the Admirals are very much involved in the community. Uh, he obviously had plenty of accomplishments on the ice as well. So what kind of stands out to you about his career in Milwaukee? Well, uh, certainly, I mean, as a player, uh, that speed uh, is really, you know, we don't have uh, a lot of guys that go that fast um, that have come through here. I mean, he is, when he turns on the Jets, he was really able to go. And, um, you know, we saw that a lot over the last uh, month or so. You know, he battled through uh, COVID. He battled through some injury, things like that this year. And But he's finally got himself up to speed and uh, really looked like a, uh, a guy who's going to have a big second half. And, uh, uh, you know, that smile is something that we'll miss. I mean, he's, he's got a great smile. He's a little guy, uh, but, uh, um, you know, just a really good player. And he was re- really popular with our players uh, and with players, with uh, fans, you know, just a, a guy with the last player that playing here in Milwaukee who played at the Bradley Center. Uh, wow. For the Admirals. So this is for, for Harris and I, our owner, uh, this is a, kind of a bittersweet thing you know this is we, we looked at each other i guess we're getting old guys who oh. are no longer here so uh excited for anthony though to to get going off to the next uh, phase of his career absolutely and and looking forward now i mean the jersey auction that you have going on, i know you tweeted about it um this is what's going on uh, this week uh, as well as a Special Olympics celebrating 50 years of Special Olympics in Wisconsin. They're great jerseys as well, too. Like, it's, it's a really cool design, and they're going to be auctioned up as well. What's the, the significance behind this, and, and how important is this type of jersey auction to you and what it means to the organization and the community? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is the first jersey auction we've been able to do uh, in two years. So uh, we hope people have saved up. Um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's been a... Uh, uh, you know, the relationship of the Admirals with uh, Special Olympics here in Wisconsin uh, is a long-standing one. Uh, I'm on the board of directors uh, for Special Olympics uh, Wisconsin, and for the first time in the history of the organization, all four of the sports teams in our state, the uh, major sports teams, uh, the Bucks, the Brewers, the Packers, 
and the admirals are all on the board together. And so we're, you know, all wanting to make some type of big impact uh, this year with the 50th year of uh, SOE here in Wisconsin. And this jersey auction is uh, is our big way of, uh, of doing that. Uh, we've got a great relationship with uh, Traction Factory, which is a sponsor of ours here, and they helped us to uh, brand one of the Zambonis. Um, is also a Special Olympics uh, 50th year logo on it. And, um, so, you know, we wanted to wear these uniforms and they really now, seeing the names and the numbers on the back, now that it's a finished product, they really do look quite spectacular. So um, I was very pleased with how they turned out and we unveiled the uh, auction yesterday and uh, the bidding started off very, very strongly. I was very pleased. We've already got uh, three bids of like $1,000 or more, which for, you know, on Tuesday for an auction that goes through Saturday is a pretty fast start. So uh, <laughs> about it, but the money that's uh, going to be raised here is going to go back to help the athletes at Special Olympics uh, Wisconsin. Uh, we've got a lot of them heading off to the summer games this uh, year down in Orlando. And uh, these funds are going to help make that trip uh, hopefully uh, really, really special for these athletes. Absolutely. And there's still a few more days left in the auction, but seeing Connor Ingram already you catapulted where he's at and then Schneider's jersey as well, already bumping Roscoe's jersey yeah. already going through <laughs> as, as well as Rocco Grimaldi's jersey. Uh, plenty of plenty of money kind of come in to, to benefit Special Olympics. So that's that's really awesome to see that. Do, do you have a thought on who you think might go the highest? I'm thinking it might be Connor Ingram just because of his recent performance. <laughs> Yeah, Connor. Well, you know, we want to make sure that uh, the Nashville fans have a chance to right. bid on these. I mean, these are the prospects that are coming up. It'd be really cool to have one of these. And Connor, uh, with his performance, uh, you know, coming off of a player of the week uh, honor, uh, we were actually disappointed today that he wasn't named goaltender of the month in the American League. Um, you know, Charlie Larson, our VP communications, uh, took a personal affront to that today. So, uh, you know, we thought that Connor really should have uh, – had that award and um, he's had a great run here uh, over the last you know month and a half and he's a horse I mean he's he leads the the American League goalies in uh, minutes played and uh, uh, you know we've started playing a lot better in front of him uh, you know that game we had against Manitoba a couple months ago where he he faced 60 shots was kind of a you know a bit of a an eye opener for our coaches uh, that we uh, need to do some more to help him. And, you know, he made 57 saves, which is, you know, crazy in itself. But uh, we've been playing a lot better in front of Connor. But he's still been making some 10-bell saves out there. And I think, uh, you know, if, if he were to get the call now to come up, he would be absolutely ready to play for the Predators. Oh, no no doubt. And, folks, if you want to bid on one of those jerseys, Milwaukee Admiral social media, the link's all over the place there. So make sure you click on that link and go make a bid. Again, John Brager, he's the president of the Milwaukee Admirals, joining us right now on Penalty Box Radio. Before we get over to Glenn with a few questions about players and everything too, it was obviously a, a rough patch in terms of the team not being able to play last season. I know it was a very difficult decision for the organization to make. Um, luckily for the players, they're able to work something out. The Predators were to play with the Chicago Wolves to keep them fresh and at least playing. But how much does it mean to you to have this team back, to have fans back in the building, just to have the Milwaukee Admirals back in the community and playing hockey. Yeah, it means everything. I mean, we have uh, uh, been able to, you know, only miss one game uh, this year, uh, gratefully. Um, and just being able to go out there and put on our show in front of our fans and have our players be able to come here and utilize the locker room, which is an NHL quality room here and do all the things that uh, they need to do to develop. 
you know, the only thing that we really do miss with the protocols is everything is building the relationships with players that we would normally be able to spend a lot more time with. Um, that's still something that's a little bit uh, missing, but the fact that we've been able to go out and put uh, on Admirals hockey in front of our fans and our, I will tell you, our fans have been incredibly enthusiastic. I mean, the crowd uh, energy in our games has been really noticeable to, to the point where I'm like, oh, wow, this is a really enthusiastic crowd, you know, to the point where it's like, these people will cheer for anything right now. Uh, you know, we the other night we were down one nothing uh, after the first period and we had some youth hockey, little kids out there playing and um, they cheered for every shot and every goal that was scored by little tiny kids. So, you know, our fans are excited to be back in the building and uh, we've got a lot of home games left and hopefully uh, uh, bigger crowds to come here as, uh, you know, the virus starts to wane a little bit and we keep our fingers crossed that, uh, um, you know, that stuff will go away. And then for 22, 23, we're back to really doing things normally. And John, I want to take us back to Connor Ingram just briefly. If the Milwaukee-Nashville pipeline has done anything right, it's that they've developed well-rounded, remarkable goaltenders. And Connor Ingram, like you mentioned, being named Star of the Week last week, further solidifies that it's not just our opinion. That is actually the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so having watched him for a few seasons now, what have you seen from him as far as his development goes, how he came into the organization and how he is now? And, and how, how confident are you in what he could potentially bring to the National Predators long-term in the future? Yeah, I think uh, Connor, you know, when he came here uh, from ta- out of the Tampa Bay organization, uh, you know, he was a guy who was just looking to get a real opportunity to go out and play. And, uh, you know, I think the best thing for him a couple of years ago was being matched up with Troy Grosnick. Uh, because he didn't have the have to have all the weight put on his shoulders. He and Troy did an unbelievable job of sharing the net, um, and I think that allowed uh, Connor to really settle in. Um, obviously, last year was kind of a messy year, and you know, getting the games in, he could get in, and kind of some of the stuff he went through was a little bit of a uh, a bit of a rocky road. But he came in this year very, very much dedicated to the position, um, and I think Dave Rook and Ben Vanderklok. Um, as the goaltending coaches for Nashville as well as here in Milwaukee have done a really good job of working with Connor uh, to, you know, have him really realize now he is the guy um, here. And he's the, you know, if something happens with you say, or with, uh, you know, Dave up there, that this is going to be his opportunity and he needs to be ready to go and playing at a high level. And Connor's really taken to that. And I think, uh, you know, he leads our league in shutouts with four, um, you know, like I said earlier, he meant he leads the league in minute, minutes played. He's taken on that weight of being able to be the guy. And I think that bodes well for when it's time for him to get that call up that the you know, Preds fans should feel very confident that uh, uh, he could step in there if needed and really do the job. And John, Igor Afanasyev a player that Justin and I have talked to quite a few times, absolutely enjoyable, not only to watch, but to talk to Um, 19.7 goals, 12 assists. This is a player that uses his size to his advantage, but also a very mobile player. Who's not afraid to charge at the net. Um, What does he bring to this lineup that maybe people who haven't gotten a chance to really watch him play um, don't really realize yet? Well, I'll tell you this, it's a hammer of a shot. I mean, that's (laughs) I mean, you know, he gets the puck out on the, uh, uh, you know, on the 
basically to the right of the goalie you know, on the top of the circle. And, um, you know, that's coming in like a howitzer. I mean, he has got a big time, uh, big time shot. And I think, you know, Igor's biggest thing here, it really is just getting used to playing against guys that are bigger and older than he is, uh, you know, learning how to play the game, uh, a more physical game, a more, uh, you know, structured game. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that he's had to learn over the course of the year, but you can absolutely see the talent uh, when he's out there and you can tell this is a guy who's going to play in the NHL um, and probably for a really long time. So, you know, the road, the, the phrase, the road to Nashville goes through Milwaukee is an important one. And I think it's an important one for guys like Igor who shouldn't get thrown into the fire um, at the NHL level. They need to develop down here and learn how to play the game uh, at that, you know, at basically that pace and that size and um, learn how to play it the right way. And I think he's a guy who's going through that right now. Um, you know, there have been certainly, you know, growing pains as he's gotten used to playing here. Uh, but you can definitely see the talent. And I think he's a guy that come uh, next year, the year after that is a guy you're going to see in Nashville and really making an impact. And just the personality on that kid is oh. absolutely phenomenal. He is so good with people, with journalists, with everyone. He is just so good with people. And that's that's a way to make a fan favorite right there and somebody you want to see succeed. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, we uh, wish that we could have our fans spend more time with all of our players. But a guy like him would be so popular. Uh, you know, we just uh, try to get him out there as much as we can uh, through our social media yeah. channels like that. But uh you know, someday we'll get back to the old way and he'll be able to, you know, shake hands and kiss babies at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, John, that's all of our time, but we appreciate just so much insight from you and just giving us some more information on the, the, the Jersey auction. I'm sure there's be plenty of Nashville fans bidding on those as well to compete against the Milwaukee fans. So thank you so much for joining us and just appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much, everybody. All right. John Greenberg. President of the Milwaukee Admirals, join us here on Penalty Box Radio. Just always great. I mean, I chat with him a lot on Twitter, and he's always just great and interactive, just like Sean Henry uh, with the National Predators. But you can follow him at John J O N Admirals. Uh, always put out great information there too. Uh, Glenn, great questions about Igor. I mean, we we can't wait to see him down here. <laughs> oh, and I mean, he's got the full confidence that it's not going to be very long that we right. have to wait until he's here. I mean, Nashville's. I mean, they're they're going to embrace him. I know a lot of people already have. No doubt. But when you get just a little bit of taste of that, they're going to love it. No doubt. All right, up next, Jeremy K. Gover. The K stands for knowledge. Join <laughs> us to talk about the natural predators and more. You're on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared, taking care of us behind the glass. We appreciate you, Jared. Uh, joining us now, he's actually going to take over for me in a couple weeks while I'm on my honeymoon. It's Jeremy K. Gover, who has just done so much in his career. I mean, working with the AP, working with Natural Predators Radio Network, uh, Section303.com. And by the way, did you know that this fella is going to be covering the Super Bowl in Los Angeles for the Associated Press? That is freaking phenomenal. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you. And you, got, you want to know a fun fact? Of course, uh, the NFL screwed up the credential process and only approved me and my counterpart, Mark Myers, in LA for week of game media, not game media. And so my boss was furious and apparently 
as of 15 minutes ago, it's all corrected. Everything is right. Good. I am going to the Super Bowl. So, yes, it's all confirmed. He's going to the Super Bowl. He gets to experience. Mm-hmm. If, if there were folks, obviously, you know that Gover and I are just our best buds. He officiated my wedding, for those of you that don't know. So, Mr. Gover here is a huge hip-hop fan, like especially like 80s, 90s hip-hop and everything. Just grew up with it. So, of all Super Bowls for him to be going to, for the halftime show to be what it is, how excited are you, sir? There are no words, my friend. There are no words. <laughs> I wanted to cover a Super Bowl anyway, because who doesn't? You right. Know, right. It's just like in our business, it's like a not a rite of passage by any means, but it's like it's like Mount Everest. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. it's it's the going to cover the biggest sporting event short of maybe the World Cup on Earth, you know, uh, especially in and death in North America. And so uh, for me to be able to do that is obviously a tremendous privilege and honor. And I keep reminding myself every day not to screw it up. But knowing that I will be able to witness the halftime show of Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Soup Dog, it is, um, it, I'm truly speechless. Like, I, it's like, this is, it's tremendous. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for you and so proud of you just with all of that you've accomplished, especially working for the Associated Press. Uh, so with that, let's let's jump into some hockey talk here and everything. It's been crazy because I've been seeing on my Facebook memories of all of our experiences from playing pond hockey outdoors a few years ago up in Minnesota. And so it's just always great to talk to you and have you on the show. But the Nashville Predators, <laughs> this team has definitely surprised us all season. But let's, let's just focus uh, directly on Philip Forsberg more than anything else and just his performance i know it against vancouver had quite a showing <laughs> as well and we, he's so so close as, as someone especially of your caliber who tracks franchise records as well always has your graphics ready to roll when a player's about to break a franchise record do you think philip forsberg will break david Legwan's record on Pecorine's retirement day or the stadium series and how awesome would it be for either one to happen at either game <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i actually have not thought about that uh that, that happening on one of those days so that's pretty crazy uh for those who do not know uh Leguan has 210 all-time goals in gold and philip forsberg has 202 uh so it's um i mean holy crap i mean it would be he only needs eight goals and i think he's got what six games to to, to hit one of those marks. And so I'm not looking at the schedule at the moment, but um, it's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it uh, before the trade deadline, which is kind of funny. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Six games until the retirement and then seven games, of course, until the outdoor game. So he's got uh, that long. Eight goals. Um, it's just, you guys, I don't know what more needs to be said about this guy. I mean, the, they have to find a way to sign him. Or they have to go – if they're not going to sign him for whatever reason, they've got to be able to trade him for a King's Ransom. Because uh, I've thrown this out on Preds Insiders with Robbie Stanley. I've thrown it out you know, on other areas other, other uh, areas of media as well. Edmonton in particular and Toronto in particular. Now, I'm not going to speak to their cap difficulties, okay? I'm not going to speak to that. I, I don't, I'm not a capologist. I don't – Know it all, and plus people circumvent the cap all the time. So who am I to say? But uh, those two teams in particular are desperate to win a playoff round. They are the kind of team who would pay a fortune 
for a Philip Forsberg at the deadline. And I'm not saying that the Predators wouldn't be a better team without it. I'm not saying that because, of course, they would be a better team with him. But they can't risk another Ryan Suter uh, episode where, you know, Ryan Suter says he's going to stay or, he's, you know, he'll give him the last shot or, what, you know, whatever he said and then doesn't, right, and then walks for nothing. Uh, for nothing meaning the team got nothing out of it. And so, yes, they got Roman Yossi, which, by the way, I think is hilarious, by the way, that uh, 303 – I tweeted this a few weeks ago. Uh, 303 used to chant Yossi's better when Ryan Suter was in the house. And it turns out, in fact, he was better. <laughs> he was better. So that was just really funny. Uh, but but I digress. Forsberg is an important part of this team. He's an important part of this team if they're going to make a run in the playoffs, whatever that run may be. But you also have to think long term. And when you think long term, if you're the Predators, you've got to be able to say, okay, can we get two first round picks for this guy and a pro- and a blue chip prospect? Can we get three first round picks for this guy? You know, if you, if you don't want to pick high in the first round, if you want to be a contender, uh, it never hurts to have those top five, ten picks, you know. Uh, not that Toronto or Edmonton is going to have those. I'm just saying that it gives you the kind of draft capital, right? So um, I certainly hope they sign him before the deadline because if they don't sign him before the deadline, I think you have to trade him. Now, looking at the team as a whole, we've talked a great deal this season about John Hines' system within this organization and how at times, even for example, the game that the Preds won six to one against Chicago, Coach Hines still said after that game, when you look at our identity, they weren't playing the way they needed to be. So what do you think that that says about the expectation that this team has for themselves and how likely, I mean, how is that likely contributing to the season's success so far? Great question, Glenn. So I I don't know. I can't speak to the identity of the club as I'm not in the room, obviously, like none of us are, but I will say that John Hines is doing something right uh, because, uh, and I was, one of the, I was one of the first people to step up and be like, this hire doesn't make any sense. Is Poyle just hiring a, a, a person that is good old boy club, uh, you know, Team USA, you know, alum and, you know, all this stuff. And so uh, I was the first person to say that. And, and but, but I also am, as if you guys, you guys have known me for a while, but if you listeners have known me for any length of time, you know that I pride myself on being fair and being fair means credit where it's due. And I would say that as much as I was on the bandwagon of John Hines is not the guy, uh, obviously he's doing something right because he somehow found a way to unlock Duchesne's potential. He's a point per game player right now. For those who don't know, 40, 41 points in 42 games. So essentially a a point per game player. Uh, Roman Yossi is a point per game player on the blue line and looking for like another Norris Trophy caliber season. Mikhail Granlund has come alive when Hines took over from Laviolette, and he's essentially a – he's not really a – he's very he's a .75, I guess, point-per-game player. And then Philip Forsberg is Philip Forsberg. So Ryan Johansson is even having a career uh, resurrection as well in the regular season. And we all know what Ryan Johansson brings in the playoffs. He brings his best. But in the regular season, in, Janu- in, uh, in December, January, and February, when the games matter but they don't really matter, uh, Ryan Johansson kind of blends into the crowd a little bit. You know, he, he kind of disappears for long stretches of time. That has not been the case this season. He's been a consistent performer and put up points to boot. So for me, I think, and then of course the resurrection of Tanner, not resurrection, but the, the emergence of Tanner Janot and guys like that. So for me, I think uh, John Hines has, has somehow, uh, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's got lightning in a bottle, but I, I will say that he's pushing all the right buttons and he has pushed all the right buttons to get the best players, the top paid players, to play like top paid players. And I think that is more difficult 
than people give him credit for. I mean, John Hines, I mean, anybody, right? I mean, they always say, one of the things you always heard, you know, someone, a lazy fan, let's say, say about the, let's say the 90s Red Wings, right? Well, anybody could coach it. Five starting lineup Hall of Famers, you know, it's like, okay, well, actually it's more difficult because there's egos involved and there's this and that. And there, you know, so there's, there's more to it. Uh, and so I think John has, there's a lot of credit here. I'm looking at where this team is now and the depth within this roster. Um, here on the show, we're typically curious of what players have surprised people the most, but I'm very curious with you. Who do you feel has another level to their game that maybe we haven't seen them peak just yet, but they could sometime between now and the end of the regular season? Uh, I'll say Philip Tomasino. Uh, that's almost a lazy answer because he's a rookie, uh, first year in pro hockey, and so I mean, well, second year in pro hockey, I guess. And so uh, it's you know, it's like, well, of course he can get better. But what I mean by that is the guys had like nine breakaways and not, and has scored on none of them. Okay. His, his stat line right now is 36 games, 15 points. It could be 36 games, 25 points. If he, if he just converted on half of his chances that he's had, I mean, it's just insane. So for me, I think if he kind of figures it out, if the game slows down even more for him, you know, they always say that if you, your first, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 games of, a, of, the, of the NHL level, uh, the game starts to slow down for you. You start to have seen things before. You start to be able to react to certain things differently than you did when you were wet behind the ears because you have now seen it. And now you can react to what that, what's going to happen, those kinds of things. And so uh, for me, uh, I think Tomasino, if he can hit even half of his chances the rest of the year, uh, I think the Predators is in really good shape because that will give them even more depth scoring, like you mentioned, Glenn. Because one thing we haven't really seen this year on a consistent basis, we've seen Colton Sissons chip in. Tanner Janot obviously is having a Calder Trophy uh, finalist at least uh, season, you know, but one thing we have not seen is we have not seen the, well, maybe it's a good thing. Uh, we've not seen the, the depth players, the third and fourth liners carry this club. And that's something we've seen for the last five, six, seven years, depending on what season you're talking about. So uh, it's, it's a nice change that <laughs> Johansson, Duchesne, Granlin, Forsberg, those guys are all pitching into the, to, to their caliber, <clears throat> but it is interesting to say that they are doing that in the third, and fourth line other than again other than maybe Janot uh they haven't fallen off the face of the earth I wouldn't say that but they they haven't carried their weight as much as in previous seasons all right well Gover we've got to get to break but definitely appreciate you and appreciate your insight and appreciate you again taking over for me in a couple weeks I uh, really appreciate that uh, to step up again as you did already for officiating the wedding but to step up and and take over the hosting duties of penalty box here with Glenn so yeah Gover and Glenn will be up on February 16th here on 1025 the game so yeah appreciate you doing that Gover somebody asked me if I, if you paid me by now and I was and I said <laughs> no <laughs> uh, uh, but I, but I, there may be uh, maybe a Funko Pop or two in my future if you're going to continue to ask me to do stuff because while I love doing it Time is money, Bradford, and so I really do. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to need some compensation, and I'm using this on-air opportunity to ask for some, actually. I got you roasted by Greg Proops. <laughs> I concede. You're right. I will be there in two weeks, and I'm happy to, happy to help. Glenn, I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to seeing you, too. Gover and Glenn has a nice ring to it. It does. It really does. It really does. Oh, okay. We got oh, there we go. a new show. We got a little there. spin-off? spin-off. Oh, spin-off. Oh, little little spin-off. There little we go. Spin-off, you're, 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 you guys are cheers, and we'll be Frazier. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. All right. Jeremy K. Gover, folks of the Associated Press, uh, join us here on Penalty Box here. Thanks again, Jeremy. Thanks, guys.
All right, Jeremy, K stands for Knowledge Gover, joining us here on Penalty Box Radio. Always appreciate him. Love you, buddy. He's one <laughs> yeah. of the best of the best. He absolutely is. I'm so glad, again, that he's getting that experience to cover the Super Bowl. He's covered Final Four, uh, NCAA Final Four. He's covered the Stanley Cup Final, obviously, now the Super Bowl. He's, he's just checking them off the list. Checking yep. off the list. Yeah, so. so many stories. Absolutely. Okay, up next, Q&A time. You submitted questions on Twitter. We have answers for you. That's up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Ready here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared taking care of us behind the glass. We appreciate you tuning in tonight, as always, on this rainy, rainy Wednesday here in Middle Tennessee. And we had some questions come in, as we always do, <laughs> from Twitter. And let's just kick it right off, Glenn. Uh, this is from <laughs> Professor Housecats. You get one actor right. to play Roman Yossi in a movie. Which actor plays Roman Yossi? This is fun. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, uh, you go first if you have one in mind. Okay. Okay. I, I'm trying to think if I were to look up some <laughs> Swiss male actor slash model, but I think to play him, somebody like a Robert Pattinson, one, he's got oh, great okay. hair. You have okay. to have somebody with good hair, but more importantly, Robert Pattinson has, from what I can tell, a very similar disposition to Roman Yossi. If you've ever been around Roman Yossi, he's a very calm presence. Um, he's not loud. He's soft-spoken. So I think somebody like that could okay. capture him as long as he could get the Swiss accent <laughs> and he's got good hair. I think uh, Roman I Yossi like has that. better hair, but I think a Robert Pattinson could could do him justice. What about you? Yeah, I, I really like that Robert Pattinson choice because I, that wasn't even the direction I was going, but I like that in terms of actor because I know so many of us before just associate him with Twilight, but he's done so much more in his acting career that he has really good mm-hmm. acting chops as well. So there's no doubt in my mind that he could pull that off. Um, I went, mm-hmm. I'm going with the more the Marvel route because that's what I know. <laughs> and I'm going Chris Evans. Is what I'm going to go. Okay. Because really built really well. He has a great smile Mm -hmm. to great, uh, just a a good, funny personality too. And Roman Yossi just has, even though he is quiet, he does have a funny personality. Um, Very funny. Yeah. Very, very funny. Let's have a good time. So I would go with him in terms of like a a Hollywood actor would be the the Chris Evans because he can get buff if he needs to, but I think he could pull off the, the, the chiseled Swiss German hockey player as well. For sure. Oh yeah. He could absolutely, (laughs) he would nail that. So that was a solid choice. All right, cool. I think, I think we're good choices. Good Good question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's see. Speaking of Yossi, this one comes from Robert. Why are avalanche fans so salty about Yossi being an all-star replacement? Oh, this is funny. Oh gosh. This is you know funny. What? Actually, you want to know? Oh boy, go on. Why? Yes, yes, please tell me. <laughs> because because they know that Matt Duchesne was actually offsides and now he's <laughs> Oh my god, Glenn. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> no, no, so it's because the Avalanche obviously have plenty your, of good what's players. What's your brilliant response? I mean, the Avalanche have plenty of good players on their team, and I think they're just kind of mm-hmm. peeved that they didn't replace Nathan McKinnon with an Avalanche player. But I think they're well represented with, with uh, Nazem yeah. Kadri being on there. And Roman Yossi 100% deserved to be on there anyways. And again, it's just a freaking all-star game. But folks need to calm down about I it. Know, it's great for it's, recognition. It is great for recognition. And also, even when Roman Yossi got – shunned at first yeah it was very frustrating because but there are a lot of players in the nhl that deserve to be out there but there's a limited amount of players that they're going to send every year so it's like you can't always get a replacement from your own team when one of your own team goes down and can't go you know right oh exactly exactly so uh, that's that's what i think it comes down to but either way i mean 
curious to see some of the the Vegas style all star activities, like what they're going to do um, on the pond with some of the skills of the puck mm-hmm. skills. That'd be pretty cool. That, that's what I wanted. The skills competition, what it comes down to, it's not the game. It's about the skills competition. That's the entertaining part. That's always, yep. That's always the most entertaining. Absolutely. Okay. This one comes from Johnny Lee. Uh, do you see Poyle making any big moves for a big push for the cup? Uh, big moves. I don't necessarily see that because I would hate to see them buy for this in the sake of losing prospects or picks because they still continue to need to rebuild, not rebuild, but rebuild the cupboard. And you only do that with, with draft picks and with prospects in the system. So my big thing that I'd like to see, because we are seeing the Predators, yes, win games and get points in games, but they're getting demolished with shots against. I like destroyed with shots against. And thankfully they have Yusuf Saros in net to help with that. But I'd like to see them solidify the blue line a little bit more and maybe get a rental D and you get you get a rental defenseman. And I think that might help a little bit would be more than anything else. So I don't have any names at hand. I uh, know there could be there could be some team out there that's really willing to sell cheap for the Predators, but I don't want to see them get rid of any prospects for the sake of making a cup run. This is not the year to make a cup run. This is the year to say, here's what we have. Let's see what happens. Yep. I think you nailed it. Um, I don't really necessarily say any, I don't see anything big, like massive, but you bring up a very good point on the shots against. And like I said earlier, you don't want to run UCSARS down. He might be very, very skilled and talented, but you don't want to start <laughs> depending on him too much. Right. Um, so I think something like that could be very beneficial for the team, but I don't see anything wild happening to push for the cup this year. And they shouldn't, they, you know, save, save those moves, save those moves for maybe a year or two down the road when your cup is really fully open Exactly. See what happens this year and see if it's special this year, because then, you know, you still have other guys in the wings waiting to come up and you still have plenty of contract situations to deal with too. All right. Uh, let's see here. This one comes from Doyle. So speaking of contract situations, uh, what do you think Forsberg is going to get for uh, AAV and term? So for this one, I think you're probably looking at nine mil. Uh, per year and if, mm-hmm. if he's going for full see I would see eight years you know go ahead and do that is what he's probably going for but I'd be okay if they do nine mil in four years if he's like hey maybe get a payday right now and then see what happens after that but I think if anything you'd be looking for nine mil uh and you see you see the stats with Forsberg as well too I mean he's one of the top goal per game producers right now uh, and is in playing less games than yep. dry sidle so go for the full eight and a no movement clause or no trade clause is going to be in there, even if it's adjusted or slightly adjusted. Doing anything different on that one? No, it's pretty much the same. I mean, that almost nails his market values. I think nine point five. So that's kind of I would say long term as well. I mean, I don't. I mean, I could definitely see a scenario where it's shorter, like a like you said, a three or four year. But right. I think ideally, I think the Predators, if they do want to stick with him, I think they're going to push for that longer term. So and we'll see. And he's proven it just with the way he's producing right now. He has uh, definitely done that. <laughs> okay. Uh, last question here comes from uh, Matt Bernier. Uh, is it just me or does it feel like this team is missing something that they could look for at the trade deadline? If so, what should it be? And is, and is buying not a bad, and buying is not a bad thing. Does Poyle dangle recent call-ups as trade bait uh, like uh, Matt Luff or Tennyson? I, those guys aren't trade bait just because they're not going to get much in return. What you get much in return for those would be like a sixth or a seventh round pick or future considerations as to when you need to dump. And I don't think there's much to come in return for those guys. And kind of like similar to what we answered with, with Johnny, it's one of those things that I would like to see him solidify the blue line with a rental and don't make a long-term commitment by getting rid of something. If you can give up a fourth round pick, maybe I'd do that, but nothing that's top picks, no top prospects or anything like that. Just see what you have. Yeah. 
I mean, I think you've pretty much covered it, Justin. And I think it kind of answered, like we said, a little bit ago. Um, solidifying the blue line, I think, is something um, sounds very simple, but it would actually be very, very beneficial. And I don't really see much need for anything else right now. So I don't see much action. You know, I don't see much right. action taking place. And you, you don't have to. Like, let this team work the way it needs to work and see what you have. If you have something special, repeat that next season and then add a little bit more and keep on opening that cup window. So, Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate you listening. And remember, the next two weeks, I'm out. I'll be on my honeymoon. And so Matt Best, uh, he's been my co-host on Triple P Podcast, will be taking over. I know Glenn knows him. He's been in studio with us a few years ago. Uh, we'll be taking over next week. And the week after that, Jeremy K. Gover, who was the guest mm-hmm. tonight, will be taking over for me. Uh, and as always, pr- appreciate producer Jared Cassidy for taking care of us. And Glenn, thank you for stepping up as well while I'm out. Uh, take good care of Matt and Gover for me. Absolutely. You know, I will. I love them. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening to Penalty Box here on ESPN 1025 The Game.